Good morning, everyone, and peace be with you all. All right. Welcome once again to our uh, Sunday worship service of Free Community Church. All right. Really wonderful that this morning we have people joining us on site and online. All right. So, for those who are online, I invite all of you to greet one another in the live chat by uh, maybe just texting one another good morning or peace be with you. And for those of us on site, right? Right, I like to invite all of us to just say hello to one another, I know the people on the left and right and back and front, right? Just by waving and uh, smiling with your eyes. What uh, you know, like American Next Top model would say, smiles, smiles, all right? So, <laughs> okay. So, you wonder, uh, today, this morning, I, my, I opened with Peace Be With You. You know, a very traditional, traditional way whereby, you know, the, the clergy or, or, or in churches that elders would, would greet this congregation or his parishioners. Alright? Because today, we are entering the second last sermon of our Be Attitude Sermon series, Blessed Are the Peacemakers. So this morning, I hope you all have some peace after recently in Singapore, our, there's a slight tightening, or what the our government would say, tapping on the brakes on our, our reopening, alright? And uh, dining and, uh, you know, most of the social activities are reduced to two persons. So, about that, maybe may be challenging for some of you, but I pray that you have peace in your hearts. And uh, this gives you an opportunity, you know, to deepen the, the, the life with the one other person. Because now you hang out with one, one person and not a group, right? Then you can give to dedicated attention, right? So, while we are preparing our hearts to receive this message from our special guest uh, preacher today, all right, I'd like to have all of us prepare our hearts, by responding to the call to worship. So for those who are on site, if you are willing and able, may I invite you to stand together with me um, so that we respond to the call to worship. Drawn by God's presence, we gather. Inspired by God's spirit, we, we worship. worship. Empowered by God's grace, we live. We are community. Embraced by, by the mystery of God's love, for all, all creation. creation. We are a community that looks for the light of Christ. The light that shines in every time, every place, and every life. Within this dynamic community, we foster connections and experiences that bring meaning to life and help us face the issues of the day. Together, we strive to live with loving hearts, open minds, and hands extended to all. Welcome home. Amen. So, um, for those who are on site, you are, for those who you wish to continue standing to worship God in silence and contemplation, you may do so. Uh, you may also make yourself comfortable by taking a seat. You know, because right now, due to the COVID restrictions, um, we are not allowed singing. So, I think for most of us, I can invite you all to sit. But if throughout the worship, if you feel like you need to move around, you stand and raise your hand, that's fine, alright? We, we, we welcome all expressions of, of faith and worship. So, um, for those who are online, may I invite all of you also, you know, to, to turn our speaker and really sing along with the worship. But the rest of us, you know, let us pay attention to God, the movement of God's Spirit uh, and enter into a, a space of contemplation and communion with God. So, I'll hand over time to our worship team.
Your name can move mountains. 
Church. My name is Mark, and I'll be leading prayer for today. Uh, if you feel comfortable uh, standing, you can remain standing, but if you feel um, more comfortable uh, sitting and praying, uh, please do. Uh, just adopt whatever posture is um, helpful for you to enter a space of um, peace and calm. So let's prepare ourselves by closing our eyes to take a few deep breaths. And first of all, just 
um, learn to inhabit that space that you're sitting in and you're taking up. To feel yourself fully and completely and sit with the presence of God. To the God of many names, we surrender ourselves to you. In this moment, we enter a posture of prayer before you. We want to surrender to you all our struggles, our worries, our pride, and our anger. We surrender to you our strongest wants and desires. Let your spirit stir in us and guide us so that we can align our hearts with your will. Help us to adopt an attitude of surrender, ready to do your will. Lord, we want to thank you always for keeping us each day of our lives in our work, in our play, our triumphs, and our struggles. Through it all, Lord, much of our life remains beyond our control. And yet we try to bend the world to our will. Lord, forgive us for not always being ready to listen to the promptings of your Spirit and when we do hear the promptings of your spirit, sometimes, Lord, forgive us for choosing not to do your will but ours. Lord, thank you for surprising us with who you are. You ask, who do you say I am? And this is a question that we can never truly answer. Lord, thank you for reaching out to us, making yourself known to us in our lives, and continually challenging us to learn more about you by defying our expectations and assumptions of how great your love is. Lord, we want to pray a special prayer of comfort for those who are struggling, whether with work, with the mental or physical health issues or with the relationships we have with the people in our lives, our friends, our partner, our friend, family and our church family, families by birth and families by choice. Lord, we pray that your presence may be known and felt in our relationships, through our relationships fully and overwhelmingly wash over us with the care of your spirit. For Lord, you are not just a teacher and a prophet, but also a parent, a friend, and a confidant. Lord, as uh, our country moves into another period of restrictions, Lord, we lift up to you the frustrations of our hearts, 
the worries and anxieties. We pray a special prayer for those who are maybe going through a difficult time mentally and physically or with their work. But we pray that we can continue to live each day with gratitude and hope. Lord, we recognize that even though these challenges um, with the pandemic cuts across all the things that divide each person in our society, each of us experiences the challenges of living in the pandemic very differently, depending on where we are, who we are, what race, class, gender, economic status, nationality, work permit status, and so many things, Lord, that we sometimes take it for granted because um, of where we are and how sometimes we are so absorbed in our own uh, challenges. Lord, we pray that you continue to be patient with us and teach us to keep our hearts open, ready to feel, ready to empathize. Lord, right now, let's take a few moments to lift up to you the concerns of our own hearts, knowing that, Lord, you treasure and listen to each little voice that cries out to you. Lord, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Grant us your spirit and fill our lives each day and each moment completely. In all times, in all that we do, that we would maintain a posture of prayerful surrender to you. All this we pray. In the name of Jesus, Amen.
Indeed, what a privilege we have to be resting in God, isn't it? And I just want to say, welcome home. Welcome home to this place where we can rest together in the sacred presence of God. And today we have someone very special um, sharing the word, uh, preaching at our pulpit today. Uh, and so this, Gui is a really good friend of FCC. Some of you may know of him, have heard him preach at our church. Uh, and we are always very excited uh, every time he comes over to preach uh, with us. Uh, and other than preaching, uh, you might have also seen him at our recent um, conversation series that we had uh, during the Pink Fest season. Uh, if not, you can always go to the videos and find it. Um, but he was one of our panel speakers for Hard Truths. Uh, and he was speaking on the panel uh, how to talk with um, other people, of Christians, about LGBTQ issues. And so he shared a lot of valuable insights and experiences there too. So we're really excited and honoured to have Gui um, come speak with us today. Uh, but before I bring him up, I'm going to invite you to go into our menti.com as we do for our sermons uh, all this time. And so for those of you who are new, what we do is that usually we go into a browser, whether on your phone, on your laptop, uh, you type in menti.com, and you can use this code, 94251230. 94251230. Today is going to be a little bit different because Gui is not going to be the one asking you questions. Uh, you will be asking Gui questions, okay? So uh, what you have is that when you go onto menti.com, you'll be able to follow along the slides. You will see a little um, uh, line there that says, you know, asking of questions. You can actually click on that. And throughout the sermon, you can throw out any questions that you want, okay, at GUI. <laughs> but uh, basically, we will actually look at the, the questions after that and we'll respond to it after the sermon, okay? So, let's, uh, well, especially those of you who are on-site, right, let's give GUI a very warm welcome, okay? Come, GUI. Thank you. Hmm. Thank you. Good morning. Um, Always a pleasure to come here to FCC again. Uh, well, thank you for welcoming me home. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not sure those of you online watching this know how much effort uh, the team puts together. I mean, I've been watching them for the last hour. Um, they have been doing tremendous work here. And I thank God for their effort and for their commitment. Um, I'm also happy to be asked today to continue your um, B Attitudes series uh, because for me personally, that is the highlight of the gospel and the Sermon of the Mount remains the most exciting thing I've read uh, in the Bible uh, and it has uh, thrilled me and taught me a lot over the years. Blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called the children of God. A simple, stirring declaration made by our Lord on which across centuries of exaltation so much has been said and so much has also been misunderstood. For example, we may think that it just concerns a particular group of people, a particular type, people who are by nature gentle, friendly, and harmless. Uh, we know this among us, and we adore them. 
The rest of us are nothing like. Um, we are loud, crass, strong-willed, even oafish. And Jesus is talking about them, talking to them. Uh, we may also confuse peacemakers with the meek and the pure in heart, whom Jesus, by this point in the Sermon of the Mount, on the Mount, uh, has already praised. Uh, verse 5, for example, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Verse 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. You are already familiar with this in the series. Uh, we think maybe Jesus is repeating himself, or he is stressing the point, or giving a double or triple portion of blessing to the same people. Uh, we may further assume that to be a peacemaker is like being a wimp or a coward. To make peace is to give in, not to make a stand, to have no interest in change, to um, have no opinion, to close one eye, to show no interest in change, or even to, to affirm the status quo. And there are conversely others who may think that to make peace is to seek peace at all costs by whatever means possible. Peace has to be an end, a finality. Uh, I want this morning to ask and perhaps answer a bit just three questions tied to the seventh beatitude, a blessed condition which is what the word beatitude means, a blessed condition. And the first question is, who is a peacemaker? That is what makes someone a peacemaker. The second is, why is this someone um, a child of God? After all, isn't a Christian already God's child? And the third question is, why is he or she uh, blessed? Why is peacemaking this great blessed condition? Now, the word peacemaker, iranopoios, appears only once in the Bible. And it is here in Matthew 5, 9, in the plural form, peacemakers, iranopoio, short out of Jesus' mouth. But peace, we get mentioned in many other contexts. Peace, I live with you. Jesus told his disciples in his last hours, my peace I give to you. I do not give you as the world gives. John 14, 27. And then the resurrected Christ in his first words to a room of cowering disciples Peace be with you, already mentioned earlier, um, from John 20, 19. And the Christmas promise, right? You know this every December. For to us, a child is born, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Isaiah 9, 6. And from the doxology, the Lord 
turn his face towards you and give you peace. Numbers 6, 26. But this compound form in peacemaking, literally peace, irene, and poyo or maker, doer, is scripturally unique. This peace is a creating, a doing, and this peace in being manufactured is distinct from the peace we receive and the peace we greet another with. The peacemaker's peace is not revelational. It is also not perfunctory. To make peace is firstly about making. It's obvious, right? It sounds too obvious. It is work and not relaxation. It is not to do nothing. It is task not to ignore, to disregard, to, to use English, to act blur. <laughs> act blur. Oh, we're very good at that. And, and, and to, as we sometimes hear, to just let things take its course. The peacemaker's peace is not a drop in or a lack of conflict. A serendipitous break from conflict. It doesn't arise from an absence of war. It is not recess time or a much needed uh, breather in a world where the default is eternal hostility. But if we think that is all peace amounts to a negative nature, uh, then I've got news for you. Yours shows, in fact, a literate understanding as depicted in the political play, uh, political world of William Shakespeare's play, uh, Coriolanus. Um, <laughs> I'm a literary person, so a lot of these examples are going to start cropping out. Uh, in this memorable play, uh, the title character Coriolanus, uh, if you know, is a Roman war hero who upon being rejected for high office by his people, joined forces with an enemy to attack Rome. And in that last act, when war is, at, at, uh, is once more about to break, we get, a strangely as always with Shakespeare, a comic scene with a few servants ruminating on peace. One servant rejoices for a stirring world again because peace, he says, has been nothing but to rust iron, increase tailors and breed ballad makers. People like me, a poet. <laughs> and another servant adds how unlike energetic war, peace is, to quote, a very apoplexy, lethargy. While war destroys men, peace makes a lot of bastard children. And to which a third servant agrees, saying, while war is a rapist, peace makes many adulterers. 
Now, to all these folks, war and peace are not that different. They are both, they are both problem makers for us. But war is at least more exciting, more dramatic. Peace is boring. Peace makes people lazy and pleasure-loving, withering away their moral clarity. Peace, as one servant therefore claims, actually makes men hate one another. So that paradoxically, peace ferments the wish for more war. Peace that creates war. Now, this is not the Christian peace. The peace of the seventh beatitude is made with conscious effort and it does not desire to be temporary. It does intend to end conflict fully. Success is a different matter. On the path to this peace, every effort is, make, is made for war, for conflict, to become unthinkable, undesirable. Now, secondly, and again, quite obviously, a peacemaker makes peace. Thank you. He or she does not make war. The peacemaker is not a war maker. Now, this sounds too commonsensical to need my saying, and yet I am always, always surprised when I hear Christians talk about fighting this group or that group of people. What are we doing? Have we learned nothing from the early days of Christendom or politicized religion? Men wearing worldly rather than spiritual armor? I said, a peacemaker must seek consciously for conflict to end permanently. But this end is not greater than the means of peace. It is in fact ennobled by the means, the end being the fulfillment of the means. So you cannot make peace by waging war. Yet so indoctrinated we are, we have been by the world, so consumed by our deeper wishes, that we think sometimes we can make wine with meat. We can go for a jog while sleeping. How do you make something out of something else with a different nature? Surely this nonsense is precisely satirized in the DC Comics character unabashedly called Peacemaker. <laughs> he was played by John Cena in that recent Suicide Squad movie earlier in the year. You might have watched it. And there is a laughable line in the movie said by John Cena when he happily announces, and this summarizes my point. He says, I cherish peace with all my heart and I don't care how many men, women, and children I need to kill to get it. But how can this be a man of peace, let alone a maker of it? 
How can we be called a child of God when you seek to destroy, divide people? DC's Peacemaker is, of course, a parody of the warmonger, one who wages endless war in the name of achieving a greater peace. War consumes this maniac so much so that he believes peace is the fulfillment of war, the price when he can finally contain war. Now, in the context of Jesus' words, the great warmonger, peacemaker, is yet another Roman, this time the emperor Augustus Caesar himself. After all, Augustus, whose reign began in 27 BCE, celebratedly brought about an era of general peace throughout the Mediterranean world, known as the Pax Romana, or the Roman peace. And this 200-year Roman golden age saw its empire extend as far as North Africa and Persia. Accompanying the conquest was remarkable stability and prosperity spread across various nations and people. The Pax Romana was achieved through might, through war. It was a grand peace such as the world had never seen, gained to expansion and repression. And for it, Augustus was widely regarded as the son of a god of Apollo, the Greco-Roman god of light and knowledge. And this was the world into which Jesus was born and when his ministry was. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. So, when Jesus said that, was he being naughty? Was he in fact alluding to Augustus? And by using the plural peacemakers, subverting the then political idea that there was only one to bring peace. But there are many peacemakers, not the one John Cena, not the one Augustus Caesar. And they, they are the sons and daughters of the true God. And by this subversion, was Jesus not also inverting the delusion that the great warmonger was the great peacemaker and returning his audience to the simple, rather logical truth? What a peacemaker makes is peace. What a peacemaker does must be peaceful. You see, as Christians, we ought not to be tempted in the way we might be if we weren't in Christ, that we must fight the war to win the peace. You heard this many times. 
when you fight the war, you will most assuredly win more war. You win the peace by making peace, by waging peace. And this is why we need to reject the logic of political peace or revolutionary peace that we find even in the Wachowski's um, The Matrix. But I can't wait for the fourth movie to come out though. Uh, and in this war that was fought for future peace, which we are told is worth dying for, everyone must be seen as an enemy. You must, you remember how uh, Morpheus puts it? Uh, while the matrix, the system, is the enemy, until this system is abolished, everyone who isn't unplugged, be it businessmen, teachers, lawyers, or carpenters, he says to Neil, is an enemy. They can turn and become this. What we learn from Jesus is this, and you must know the difference. In this world system, world condition that is our enemy, everyone who remains plucked into sin is still an image of God. But even as Jesus hung on the cross, betrayed, forsaken, beaten, hurting, empty, he cried, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. In other words, forgive these people because they look like my enemies, but they aren't. Remember, we are followers of Jesus, not one such as Morpheus the dreamer. When a Samaritan village did not welcome Jesus and James and John wanted to call fire down from heaven to rain down on it, what did the Lord do? He turned and he rebuked his disciples instead. When in the garden of Gethsemane, Peter drew his sword to cut off a ear of the high priest's uh, servant Malchus, what did Jesus do? He halted the violence and he healed Malchus's ear. How do this not already make it clear enough for us? It is also why peacemakers are called children of God. They are God's offspring because they understand that peace is neither a lack nor an illness, a weak thing, nor is peace the price at the end of a battle well fought. Peace is not an end, but a means, and it is a means we can make any time. It is not something waiting to be attained. Every act of Jesus on earth had been an act of peace. He brought people to God. He expressed God's true nature to the people. He turned enmity in the law into love and forgiveness. He broadened the table of friendship 
He never rejected anyone who had no business with him. He healed to make people believe in life again. And this is why when Jesus at last gave up his life, he could be that pure and acceptable sacrifice bringing God and humanity into fellowship. Because he was the completion of peace. Jesus' death was his last act of peace. He finished a life given to waging peace. Now, this must mean a few things. First, in Jesus' acts of peace I have named, it is clear that peacemaking is never about avoiding confrontation. It is not about turning a blind eye, letting circumstances ride out, or worse of all, suppressing the problem. Yet, this has been a very common solution to church-level sins. Uh, we have seen exposed time and again elsewhere and even in Singapore. Rather, Jesus made peace by precisely meeting head-on at the ages of what need to be brought together between person and person, between person and faith, as we see in Jesus and sinners, between person and understanding, as we see in Jesus and the teachers of the law, between person and wholeness, as we see in Jesus and the sick, between person and truth, as we see in Jesus and followers. Jesus confronts. Second, the intervention should proceed in a way that restores humanity from division, that brings about healing. Only in restoration, in the wish for restoration, is God revealed. And this is a challenging point to make, to say that as Christians, we desire resolution and not victory. Resolution and victory are not the same thing. Mere victory is not winning, or rather, resolution is victory, even if no one wins, or full understanding still takes time. Such a peace is surely distinct from political peace, where one side wins overwhelmingly, if not utterly. But politics has always entailed a firmness of mind not to understand, even to misunderstand who is of a shade of difference from us. I therefore believe that it is firmly wrong if, as Christians, we persist in seeing everything as political. It may even be the perspective among secular figures we deem noblest and wisest. But everything is political to believers only because this world is fallen. To push through, to bring about 
a restoration when people can be with people equally as to Christ, God can be with humanity. That is Christianity. Third, we are thus called children of God when as children of God, as believers, we live out our Father's nature in us. The peacemaker is God's child because he or she is Christ-like. In the kingdom of God, this is a blessing not so much to rule over others, to impose our will on them, as to bring people who are mutually out of joint together. Only when we work to bring humanity together piece by piece, are we expressing the character of our constantly self-diminishing God. God is, as we know from 1 Thessalonians 5.16, the God of peace. And as I said earlier, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. The peacemaker is recognized and called part of this divine body in which we know there is no division. Why? Because in Christ, we are a new creature, a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. And do we realize fully what that means? You see, the body of Christ is the body of peace, even though it often does not seem that way. We are terrible examples. But because in it, to God, we are more than the parts. We are more than male or female. We are more than straight or LGBTQ. We are more than Jews or Greeks or Gentiles, Indian, Malay, Chinese. We are more than bosses or employees or what have you. We are fundamentally, firstly, children of God. To cleave to one identity and resist the wholeness that must embrace what is other is not in line with peacemaking. Even Jesus, who is God, sought out humanity. Jesus, the child, submitted to his parents. Jesus, the man, empathized with the suffering woman. Jesus, the Jew, went to the Samaritan. Jesus, the healer, inquired after his patients. Jesus, the teacher, conversed with other teachers. Jesus, the criminal, forgave his accusers. Now we are now at our last question then. Why is the peacemaker blessed? And it may well be the toughest question to answer. I fear that an answer here may not leave you as chirpy as you may abstractly have been so far. Uh, it is because we must at length come back to the context, which is the Beatitudes. In the list given in Matthew, there are eight Beatitudes. 
The blessed are, if you remember, those poor in spirit, those mournful, those meek, those hungry and thirsty for righteousness, those merciful, those pure in heart, those peacemaking, those persecuted for righteousness. But it really looks like there are nine, right? Because there's one more. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Verse 11. Now this funny verse is sometimes read as a mere extension of the eighth beatitude. Sometimes it is read as Jesus' separate encouragement for his disciples. It can also be read as the faith that will invariably meet all those with the earlier eight blessed conditions. So it is an extended comment on all eight Beatitudes. But just by looking at the eight attitudes to be the, as you guys know the joke already, the Beatitudes, right? The, the pun that you are playing with. Um, by just looking at the eight Beatitudes, we can intuit, in fact, how to frame peacemaking. Peacemaking does not put us in the company of winners in this world or those who have it good in life. It is frankly pretty frightful company, making us rethink what, who Jesus truly sees qualifies as a peacemaker. But here is the truth we must expect. Jesus' peacemakers, whom we are hopefully to be, are not exceptions to those who suffer and are broken and languish in this life for the life in Christ. Even though of all the blessed characters, peacemakers are the most proactive, they are creating rather than reacting, they are asserting rather than enduring, yet they are no better in terms of outcomes. Jesus' blessings to all these are an encouragement to them because the world must and will fail them miserably. Only God's kingdom will be able to begin repaying them objectively. Until then, for the making of peace, we who strive will not be loved. We can hope to be but will probably not be understood because we are truly on the side of peace. No illusions working to be thanked. And this is surely one way to understand a last strange thing Jesus also said about peace. Do you remember from Matthew 10, 34? I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. 
This verse has always troubled me. How can the Prince of Peace not bring peace? You see, when you wage Christ's peace, all that only see things divisively will come for you. They will make war with you. But while we must see what they see to understand their grievances and then know how to do peace, we must not see as they see. Do you get that? We must see what the world sees, but not as it sees. Only then we can start to make, to shape, to form, to create what is not there yet, the way of peace. Let us pray. Holy Father, we are born again a new creation. On that day, we each buried deep in our hearts. But before you, it has always been this day, every day. This day when we are no longer all the things we thought we were in this life, but just one thing and one thing only, your child. We are your children, praying in this room and across space and in the countless rooms where other children are praying, will pray today. Father, make us one. Make us one as you and Christ are one, so that the world may believe you have sent Jesus and he has sent us. Give us a peacemaker's heart, a peacemaker's thoughts, a peacemaker's hands, a peacemaker's burden. Help us live each of our days as an act of peace to bring to those around us and help us be a source of some restoration. Show us this way. Give us a peacemaker's eyes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Thank you so much, Dr. Gui, for that sermon. Um, and we now come to a time of Holy Communion. It's a time where we can, uh, where this symbolizes both the peace we have with God and the peace we have with one another. So we gather each Sunday at this table. Even though at this time we are not all physically together, the table of God's feast transcends time and space because God's love transcends all boundaries. So this table recognizes no boundaries. Here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. This means you do not have to meet any criteria. You do not have to be a member of FCC. You do not have to be baptized. You only need to recognize that God's grace is sufficient. When Jesus sat at tables and broke bread with the tax collectors, lawyers, rich elites, and poor peasants, he proclaimed that God's radical love and abiding presence know no bounds. Through these occasions of sharing food, every person experienced God and shared in God's kingdom. A kingdom, A kingdom where, where all are welcome, all are worthy, and all are invited. A kingdom where lives are transformed and empowered, and the fruits of God's gentle justice bloom throughout creation. All people, including each of us, are invited to share in this sacred meal of celebration and be strengthened by the presence of God in this place. We remember that Jesus fed 5,000 hungry people with five loaves of bread and two fish. At this miraculous meal, there was such an abundance that everyone ate until they were full, and there were even 12 baskets of food left over. Holy, Holy God, God, we celebrate your abundant care and solidarity revealed in this meal. We remember that while sharing a meal with Pharisees, Jesus welcomed a woman viewed as an outsider. As the woman anointed his feet with oil, Jesus declared her dignity before everyone at the meal. Holy, Holy God, God, we celebrate your gracious inclusiveness revealed in this meal. At these meals, Jesus and all his disciples resisted the divisions, injustice, and violence of society. They lived out instead the kingdom of God, a place of love, justice, and mutuality. But we also recognize that not all people liked Jesus' ministry. For some people, it was scandalous. They said, look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. When his arrest seemed near, Jesus ate a meal in an upper room with the disciples. As he had done so many times before, he took bread, and after having given thanks to you, holy God, he broke it and gave it to the disciples, this time saying, do this to remember me. After the meal, he shared the wine, gave thanks, and said, I will not drink from this cup again until I drink it with you in the kingdom of God. I now invite the stewards to come forward to distribute the elements. For those of you who are watching at home, uh, now would be a good time to get some um, elements to represent the bread and the juice. So we can 
together. Jesus was then unjustly killed by the systems of domination of his day. To some of his frightened disciples, it seemed that the bread symbolized his broken body and the wine his blood. Together, God, God the, the kingdom, kingdom of God, God persisted and persists today, today through the, the many people who seek to be your resurrection community. community. Holy God, in the sharing of this bread and wine, we joyfully celebrate the hope-inspiring ministry and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let us partake the elements together. And now please stand as you're willing and able and join me in the prayer of communion. Together. Gracious, Gracious God, God, may this meal be for us, us an Emmaus meal, where we encounter, encounter your presence in the sharing of this food as the disciples did at their meal in Emmaus. May the sharing of this food be a taste of your kingdom, holy God, so that we may be strengthened to be your joyful and hopeful disciples. And may, and may we, we share in your, your kingdom, kingdom of love, justice, and mutuality with those around us. Amen. Amen. Please be seated.
Thank you, David, and thank you, Gui, for the wonderful sermon and the very enlightening one for all of us. So, for those who are online, you know, if this sermon, uh, the, the message has been impactful and you like to get your friends into action of making peace, I invite you to like our video and share it out, right? <laughs> you can share it out, repost it on social media, or send it to your cell group and friends, all right? We, indeed, we are in a world that desperately needs not just to wait for peace, no, but to do peace. Alright, so we welcome you home into this family of peace. Alright, welcome home to Free Community Church, where free stands for first realize everyone's equal. We are an in- inclusive and affirming church. That means all are welcome, regardless of your race, you know, your even your religion, your sexual orientation, um, you know, your gender identity, social economic status. When we enter this church, we, are all, we all become the children of God. So if you are new to us, all right, we like to know you better so as to serve you better. All right? Please get in touch with us by leaving us with your details by going to fcc.la slash fccwelcome or you can scan the QR code or simply to email us at info at freecomchurch.org. So for our next segment... We'll move on to our worship of God through our giving and um, offering. No, the offering and um, the giving, right, is a is an important enactment, or in terms of um, in theology, right, right, is the transformation of ourselves into Christ likeness. Because Christ gave, God first gave of Himself to love, and so we are invited to give of ourselves to the kingdom of God. So now I invite you, those who are paying on. Paying using PayNow, alright, digitally, you can actually pay for two, two, two accounts, either or, or both. Alright, one will be for the general fund that goes to the general operation of the church, alright, such as the salaries and also all sorts of like things like our equipments, um, the, the maintenance of this uh, of mission. The other one goes into the FCC building fund, alright, that goes down into payment of the mortgage of the church. So you can do that by scanning pay now, uh, going to pay now. Or if you are you like to give through your credit card or make a regular payment, like right, uh, standing a recurring payment, you can go to freecomchurch.gift.asia and there, right, this platform you can just set a monthly deduction from your credit card. So while uh, before and uh, before we take up the physical offering in within the church for the on-site congregation and for those who are online preparing to give. I'd like to invite all of us to pray together a prayer of thanksgiving and offering. Please join me. Holy God, the King of Peace, thank you God for for sending us your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, Peace, into our lives and into our world that we have an example a beacon of light that gives us hope and direction. God, we thank you for the many blessings we receive in our lives. Many of these blessings are undeserved. We, we, we are grateful for your grace, your loving heart, for calling us to be children of God. So Lord, we present to you all these offerings of our giving, the giving the fruits of our labour, that we may be a partakers, the co-doers 
in realizing the kingdom of God. So God, I pray that for each and every one of us, your presence to be strongly manifested in our lives, your Holy Spirit to come upon us, to dwell within us, to reignite a fire within us, to do the work, good works of mercy and justice, and be agents of peace in this turmoil world. So God, in the name of the Prince of Peace, Jesus, we pray. And God, all God's people say, Amen. Alright, so may I invite the stewards to come forward to take up the physical offering. For those who are dropping in, you know, like either a cheque or a cash, alright, you may just raise your hand and our stewards will come to you uh, to take up your collection. For the next segment, alright, we have some exciting announcement, alright. So once again, I'm Jimmy, okay, I'm your service leader for today. And for the first announcement that we have been going on for some time, that we we need volunteers. So thank you for Gui for the shout out earlier, right? <laughs> for the production team. Really, I think one it, one of the key things that the digital world now that COVID nineteen has hit up, right? This is like a passe old news, but this has been really helpful in in helping us to digitalize and increase our outreach to people who for various reasons, unable to step into church. But they need to hear the message of love, the message that they are God's children, regardless you know, of what the world tells them. So we invite you, you know, like, to come and join us in this wonderful mission. You don't have to have technical knowledge. You don't have to be like, oh, I'm an expert in like, aesthetic and do all, I know that like a one-third rule and things like that. Don't have to. What's important, right, in the kingdom of God is a heart to serve. Alright, so if you're interested, I just want to take a look, uh, you're not sure whether you're committed, but you're interested, right? So set, just send in your information to us, reach out to us at info at freecomchurch.org, and we will organize a tour, alright, uh, during the Sunday service to bring you, uh, take a look behind the scenes. So we look forward to you joining us for touring around to view our Sunday worship services. Right, next, very important. FCC anniversary service. Can I have a shout out? Because today very quiet lah. So like, hey, need some energy in the house, right? So, and thanks Gary for designing this with the confettis. <laughs> so, on the 10th of October, we'll be having our anniversary service, alright? Remembering 18 years of God's faithfulness. Right, we have, we've, we have not put much information on that. We'll be sharing more information through our regular like WhatsApp and our Telegram broadcasting channels, and also in the next, uh, probably next two Sundays, because things have been quite fluid at the point at this point, right? Especially yesterday, though there has just been new announcement that all oh, right, you know, dining out, social gathering once a day, two person, so things are a little bit fluid, all right. If things all goes well and are good, maybe we'll have like our own on on site service. And if things like gotten worsen and restrictions are you know getting tighter or situation take a go down south, right? Alright, then we'll probably have a virtual celebration online, alright, with the production team on site to bring to you this celebration. Alright, so stay tuned. And if you have not like joined our Telegram group or our WhatsApp group, right? Alright, if you are watching, you can just go to our YouTube video, right? And then you all the instructions are there during the uh, pre-service videos and the post-service videos. 
so you can look out for information on that. So for next part, Alif cross, right? Alif cross, you know, tongue tight. Alif cross, okay? It, because I used to say really alpha cross, right? So many of you, like, if you are like long time Christians, right? Like you have this is alpha. Alpha cross is not a stranger. Like everybody, bring new friends. Let's go to alpha cross, right? Now this is a little bit special. It's offered by our church. It's called the Alif cross. It's a it's a, a program, a study program, that we invite new beginners or not so be, not so beginners believers, right, or even non-believers to come and understand and take a um to, for us to share with you a progressive approach or perspective into our Christian faith. All right, so Aleph is actually the Hebrew Alpha. All right, that's the A course. All right, so it will be conducted over Zoom every Thursday, 8 p.m. to uh, 8 p.m. onwards, probably for an hour and a half to two, two hours, all right? So, starting from 21st October until the 9th of December, to in total, eight sessions. So, you can come try out for the first two sessions, right, without committing, so you don't have to worry that, hey, um, this is not exactly right, but I thin skin, right, so I just stay on. No, we don't do that. We don't coerce and guilt trip people for you have to stay, no. But we like to invite all of us all right, all of you, to sign up for this um, first, I think this will be the inaugural Aleph course, all right? So join us by signing up at fcc.la slash So for next part, very exciting. I'm going to invite you know, my fabulous sister over here, all right, to share with us, one to, right, to share with us on a new initiative for registering for uh, on-site service. So may I invite one to... Yay. Thank you, thank you, Jimmy. Yeah, so hi, my name is Wang Zhi. So um, I think for a lot of you who have been to our service on site, you probably know that there's this uh, Google Google form that we have been using to track our attendance to manage our um, capacity every week. Then every week when you enter the the compound, you will see our welcome team um, taking off attendance using a, a piece of paper. So uh, that, that has been ongoing for quite a while. So we're also always thinking of ways to uh, streamline and improve our um, operations, maybe, <laughs> to a certain extent. So uh, here today, I'm going to introduce a, a web app that we created to um, do all this registration, attendance taking, and capacity management. So uh, if you are with me on site now, you can feel free to scan this QR code in front or behind. Or if not, you can also just open your browser to uh, type in the short URL, like fcc.last service. And of course, if you are on um, YouTube watching uh, our live stream and uh, there is a chance for you to attend our service in the future, do also um, just uh, follow me through the next few steps to set up this um, app. So once you scan this QR code or type in the URL already, just hang on for a moment and we can proceed together um, step, by, step by step. So can I have... Okay. All good. So next step, uh, just for the iPhone users, uh, just a quick run, two steps to um, put this web app icon on your desktop. So if you probably can see something like this, okay, the icon, uh, we have updated it, but roughly look like this, you can actually click on the, the middle button on your browser and it actually comes up the second image where you can see an option if you scroll down that says add to homepage. 
uh, home screen, add to home screen. So once you click add to home screen, you actually like pop up another window to ask you to add. So yeah, just um, add it to home screen. And if, uh, for people on site, if you have done these two steps already, just give me a thumbs up. Okay, okay. Yeah, so don't worry if you couldn't figure it out. Let's just uh, move on. And after service, I'll also be here to like, manually help you out. So don't worry. Um, yeah, just stay with me for the Android users now. So if you scan just now that QR code or the URL, you probably will see something like this, right? So it, you can also add the app to your home screen. If you don't see that pop-up pop up banner on the bottom, you can also click on the three dots um, on your top right-hand side. That will also show you an option to install app. So once you click on that, they also like, yes, uh, install. And you can also see on your home screen. So any Android users on site manage to get this part? OK, all good, all good. OK, very good. So next, we can probably see this icon on our phone already. Let's open it. Let's tap it open. And you probably see this on um, this page to say hello. And if you read, read through the instruction, it's basically telling you to use sign in with Google. So the reason being is that if we directly link our Gmail account to set up our profile, we don't have to go through that OTP process with any other um, accounts. So uh, I will strongly recommend everyone to just uh, sign in with Google here. And then it will lead you through the, the page where you can um, log in with your Gmail. right? So just do that step. It will probably take a while. Uh, for you to input your Gmail password and everything. After that, you'll be able to see this slide. So once you see this page, do give me a, do give me a thumb up as well. Okay, that's really fast. Okay, oh, awesome. And people online, don't worry if you miss, right? Uh, our YouTube uh, video, you can always rewind and like, you know, follow it through. So once you are here, uh, create a profile. Like just um, you know, put your name or uh, phone number, and we also have a PDPA uh, consent here. So just follow it through and create your profile, right? So everybody managed to create profile already. Like, can you also give me a thumbs up? Give me a thumbs up. Okay, okay, okay. Wow, all very good. Okay, so once you create your profile, you probably can see like three tabs at the bottom. So like, um, home, my registration, and sermon. So once you are at this stage where right, you have set up your app like perfectly fine already, so this app is going to work on your phone, fingers crossed. So, and from um, every Monday, we will actually open the registration for the coming Sunday. Right. So right now, um, we, the registration is closed. So if you click um, the purple button, you can still fill in, but you can't select a service right now. But once uh, it hit like, 11.59 tonight, you will be able to do that. So you can always do it like tomorrow and the, for, for the uh, following week to sign up for our service. Right. And um, also, if in the middle of the week you decided, oh, actually, I'm not feeling well, or I have something on, you can always modify your attendance. So you don't have to email in to the church to, to change your attendance. And also, um, if, if let's say right now we are having a 50 capacity in our main hall, uh, image may or may not change, but right now it's 50. And if when you add register, you don't see any option, but instead you see a wait list. That means our 50 seats has already been taken up for that week. But also don't worry, feel free to just put yourself on the wait list and we'll definitely notify you once uh, someone 
modify their attendance to not coming, then we will put people from waitlist into the into the congregation um, slots, right? So just a very um, very simple setup. Very um, we try to make it uh, as painless as possible. But uh, yeah, next slide. So you'll be ready to go from this stage onwards. And if you have any question, uh, you can actually find me on Instagram. Uh, not Instagram. You can find me on Telegram uh, at this at this uh, handle. Different, yeah, different. Uh, or if you don't have a Telegram, you can also email in to um, ask for help. Then um, the team can actually reach out to you to help you set this up. And also, uh, one last thing on logistics. So for next Sunday service, we are going to try out this app with everyone and also to have our Google form in parallel. So if you are coming next Sunday, please help us to do it on both platforms. So uh, we just want to make sure things are running well. And for our anniversary service, hopefully it will happen as a physical service. So for our anniversary service, we are actually planning to retire our Google form to migrate our whole registration process onto this web app. So um, next week will just be a beta testing for everyone. Um, let, let us uh, trash out the bugs and everything and if you have questions, definitely do let us know and hopefully on anniversary service which is 10th October we can all migrate to this new app and it help us to save one piece of paper every week right <laughs> yeah so uh, yeah that uh, actually that's all for me I hope I didn't miss out anything and uh, I'll be staying back for about 20 to 30 minutes after service so if you are on site and have any questions uh, just look for me and with that, I'll hand the time over to Pauline to do benediction. Thank you. Let's thank uh, Wang Zhi and the welcome team right, for working so hard to put this uh, app uh, online for us. Uh, it's been quite a process, okay? And I just want to really thank the team for really, you know, working through all the kings. It's not just the welcome team, it's all the other people who are involved, right? You'll see there's a sermon page as well. So lots of things going on there. But I just want to say that, you know, a very big thank you to them. And to, for you to know also, right, that this app, right, was offered to us free. The creators of this app are actually very good friends uh, of SCC. Uh, and I got to know them uh, over this uh, past one or two years. And so it, that's because they really admire the work we do here. They really want to support the work we do here. So they were working very closely with our team to make this happen. Uh. So I'm just really, very thankful you know, for everyone involved. You know, so get onto the app. Any issues, you can come look for Wang Zi here and she will help you uh, with it. If not, if you're online, you can go onto Telegram uh, or email us. Okay? Um, before I give the benediction, I just want to let you know that thank you so much for all your questions that came in during the sermon. They were wonderful questions. Uh, Myak will be preaching next week, and so he said that he's going to consolidate and weave in uh, the responses and answers to your sermons next week. So if you are wondering uh, what are some of the answers to the questions you asked, uh, join us next week uh, and you will find out more. So if you are willing and able, will you stand as we receive the benediction? Dear God, you are our maker. And as children of God, you have called us to be makers of peace. Wherever we go, in every generation, in every culture, even if it's counter-cultural. And so God, transform us, teach us, challenge us, so that we may truly embody your peace, your shalom in this world that so sorely needs it. And so now go, and may the God of shalom, the God of peace, go with each of us 
now and always. Amen. So thank you so much for joining us for service uh, this morning. And uh, please go in peace and God's peace go with you. Thank you.